0: Welcome to the Activist Insight podcast, Beyond the Boardroom, a supplement to our monthly podcast which takes you through the top shareholder activism stories, as told by Activist Insight Monthly. Here we discuss shareholder activism with some of the industry's top experts. I'm Kieran Paul, and today we meet Rachel Saunders, a principal at Peak Six Strategic Capital. Rachel is leading the campaign calling on digital media company Leaf Group to boost transparency around its recently concluded strategic review and expose potential conflicts of interest. According to her investor group, made up of six major Leaf shareholders, the company's stock is suffering from an 85% valuation discount to its publicly traded peers. So welcome to the show, Rachel.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: So firstly, what is Peak Six, and how would you describe your investment strategy?
1: Peak Six is a technology and investment firm. We were founded in 1997. We have offices all over the country, and we're headquartered in Chicago. Today, we operate a diverse set of companies that we actually own. And we also have an investment arm called Peak Six Strategic Capital, I'm a principal on that team, and our mandate is to deploy the excess capital that's generated by our operating businesses. So we're not a fund. It's all internal capital that we're deploying. And in terms of investment strategy, we are industry agnostic, we're stage agnostic, but what's true of all of our investments is that we bring not only capital, but also operating expertise that we've honed over the last 23 years. So actually throughout Peak Six, our motto is that we're in the business of what ought to be. And what that means is we look for transformational opportunities to activate what is into what ought to be. That can be through the application of technology or optimizing operational processes or sometimes shifting strategic direction. We're always aiming to do that. We do that with all of our investments. And this campaign at Leaf Group is just one example of us doing that in the public market.
0: And how did the situation at Leaf Group come about?
1: We have partners that are always looking for companies that are underperforming. And one of those partners is John Lewis at Osmium Partners. He's been working on Leaf Group for the last few years. John and other partners like him know to come to us with situations like this, where they're looking for someone that can invest not only capital, but also are willing to get in the trenches and do the hard work to actually help unlock the value. Typically and ideally, we're able to do that by constructively partnering with companies. There's one great example I have, which is, The work we did at Spark Networks, it's another small cap public company. They have a portfolio of premium online dating brands that you might know about, like Christian Mingle and JDate. And at Spark, we took a board seat, we helped them rebuild the technology and we actually brokered the successful merger of Spark with Affinitas, which is with a German strategic company. There are numerous examples. Another one is PopSockets, the company you might know about that create the expandable grips that go on the back of your phone. With PopSockets, we actually deployed members of our marketing team to help them build a multi-channel performance marketing strategy. That's a privately held company. So I can't give exact numbers, but I can just say that their revenue grew significantly over the time period that we were helping them on the marketing side, and we're actually still shareholders today. So I think what that demonstrates is that we're reasonable, principled investors, and we actually prefer to partner constructively with companies. But sometimes that's not possible, and unfortunately, that's the case here. So at Peak Six, we've been following the trajectory of LEAF for the last few years. And when John brought us this opportunity and asked if we were interested in working together, we said, yes, it's absolutely incredible that he has been able to form this investor group that includes several of the largest and longest standing shareholders in the company. I think it's because the company's underperformance and just egregious conflicts of interest are so shocking that as shareholders, I think none of us felt that we could sit idly by and stay silent. This is just about being heard and really feeling like the stewards of shareholder capital are working in good faith to do that. And we got nowhere with previous private attempts. We're all just genuinely concerned about the lack of governance and the fact that the board just isn't doing their job of holding the management team accountable for underperformance. And they're actually actively obstructing shareholders. So this is a last resort, but it's also why there's such overwhelming support.
0: And unusually, you are part of a very large group that is acting in concert. Does that come with some practical challenges as well as advantages?
1: Yeah, like I said, the reason the group is so big is because this is one of the most undervalued companies any of us has ever seen. So our group represents over 40% of the shareholder base of Leaf Group, which is unprecedented. But because of the reason we're all here, it's easy for us to stay aligned as a group. We're all working toward that goal of unlocking value. And maybe if the issues that plagued the company weren't as obvious as they are here, it might be difficult to have such a large group. But that's not the case here. You know, there's mentioning the fact that four additional investors have expressed dissatisfaction Action with the status quo, either publicly in support of our campaign or privately. It really just comes back to the point that the need for immediate change is so obvious to shareholders. We all see the tremendous opportunity to unlock value here, but we've been completely disenfranchised by this company, by the board, by management, really everyone involved. So, you know, it takes a lot to get this many people in alignment. And I don't think it happens when a situation is ambiguous.
0: And you're pushing for a new strategic review aimed at divesting Leaf's media and marketplace businesses in a bid to unlock trapped value. Why have you lost faith in the company's ability to do this on behalf of shareholders?
1: I don't think we have enough time here to cover all the routes, but I would direct you and listeners to the numerous letters that we put out publicly on this point. You can access all of our materials at liberateleaf.group. I guess I would just say five years of underperformance isn't subjective or my opinion, it's fact. And that's the reason we've lost those. Nobody at the company has been able to explain to us how five years of underperformance, CEO that's been paid extremely well during that time period, is the right direction and in the best interest of shareholders. What's worse is that the board is not doing its main job, which is to hold the management team accountable for its performance. And so what we have here is an unquestioning and entrenched board that is rife with conflicts of interest. And as shareholders, we're just looking for someone to explain to us how that leads to long-term value creation. If they could, we would be all ears. That's not the case. Instead, every time we've asked questions and called for change, all we've gotten is more obstruction, more bad behavior, more self interested agendas. And to make matters worse, the company is unwilling to genuinely explore strategic alternatives as we've noted in letters that we put out, the company recently completed a 13-month-long strategic review process. It claims there were no viable bids received, but we contend that it was plagued by conflicts and that the process lacked integrity. And our basis for saying that is that we've been approached by third parties that have painted a picture of the CEO as someone who thwarted the process every step of the way. That ranges from preventing legitimate buyers from entering the process, conducting due diligence, and actually negotiating. And then we had a director leading the strategic review process that at the time was referred to as an independent director, but actually after we put out a letter exposing the fact that he is not independent, two weeks ago, the board removed him from the audit committee. So the company has conceded the fact that this director is not an independent person because he is actually in an interlocking relationship with the company CEO. There's a lot that's caused us to lose faith, and really what we care about is what's best for the company. The company has just failed to articulate a strategy for growth.
0: And why did you escalate your campaign by calling for the removal of CEO Sean Moriarty?
1: The CEO is actively obstructing the board and shareholders from unlocking value here. We have nothing against him personally, but he is not a competent CEO. I can just simply say that when a company is underperforming, not just the market, but also its peers by this much, you have to closely inspect what's going on at the company. And here, as we've looked, all signs point to an underperforming and self-interested CEO. Just as one example, Leaf had generated positive EBITDA for 22 quarters in a row before Mr. Moriarty became CEO. And that track record was broken as soon as he was hired from his first quarter as CEO, Until last quarter, Leaf has never since generated positive EBITDA in a quarter, and that's according to FactSet. Just to show you how large the swing was, in the 12 months prior to Mr. Moriarty's hiring, Leaf generated $23 million in positive EBITDA. And then in the 12 months um, ending March 31st of this year, the company had a $16 million EBITDA loss. So this is just one of the many examples of why Mr. Moriarty is not serving the shareholders of this company.
0: Do you consider yourself to be a reluctant activist, or do you think you'll be making public suggestions to companies more regularly in the future?
1: I wouldn't consider myself an activist, at least not in the traditional sense, six is all about helping companies unlock their full potential. So sometimes that means looking for ways to affect growth within our own portfolio, and other times it means we're looking for opportunities to invest in businesses and then provide strategic support to help them scale quickly we actually pride ourselves on being a great and active partner. This is not the norm for us. That being said, if we found ourselves in a similar position with another company, We would be just as rigorous in our pursuit of value as we are here. So I guess what I would say is I'm not involved in this activist campaign for the sake of activism alone. I'm here and and all members of our investor group are here to unlock value for everyone. And if the company and the board were able to do that themselves, we wouldn't be involved in this way. Or maybe we would have been able to find ways to partner together constructively, but that's just not the case. What we've unfortunately learned is this CEO isn't concerned with unlocking value for anyone but himself. And that affects not only his shareholders, but like also his employees, his vendors, really all stakeholders involved. So we're here to influence the future of this company because the status quo, at least, is untenable. And this is a company that doesn't have a future with Mr. Moriarty at the helm. This isn't really about activism or opinion. It's about a lack of performance at the company that's been sustained and directly attributable to the current CEO. Nobody's doing this for the sake of
0: being an activist. And finally, there are unfortunately relatively few women in the hedge fund industry, let alone in activism. What has been your career experience so far?
1: I grew up with a mom who was an executive at a Fortune 500 company. So the idea of a woman having a seat at the table and having her voice heard hasn't ever been foreign to me. But that being said, I've had several experiences in my career where I was the only woman at the table, and this is one of those. I started out my career as an attorney at Sidley Austin. I did large M&A transactions. So there were many times where I was one of, if not the only woman working on a deal. In my current role, I'm actually fortunate to interact with women every day. Peak Six is a firm that was co-founded by a woman, So it's an organisation that values and really champions diversity of thought, which is incredibly aligned with my own personal values.
0: Thank you, Rachel, for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: The investor group may have to wait some time before it can enforce changes if the board continues to resist. According to Activist Insight Governance, shareholders do not have the right to call a special meeting and the deadline to nominate directors ahead of next May's annual meeting is February 17. However, given the two directors up for election this year received less than 62% support, there is a high chance of success. That's it for today's episode. If you like what you hear want to read more you can subscribe to activist insight monthly by emailing subscriptions at activistinsight.com for comments or questions about the podcast or if you want something discussed on a future edition please email press at activistinsight.com or use our hashtag activistinsightpodcast please rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you are using to help others access our reporting I'm Kieran Paul. Thank you for listening.